I was over 30 to start the season. Kind of like Chris Davis. Uh, yeah, and and I was I was joking with um, a couple of teammates saying, "Is there a rule that if I don't get a hit in pro ball, I can go back to college?" From Lakely, it's how we got here. The stories behind the youth, high school, college, and professional sports journey, where it leads, and what we learn along the way. I'm Korkoski, and on today's show, we have Minnesota Twins first base coach Tommy Watkins. Have you ever sat in the stands and wondered, how does one become a first base coach for a major league baseball team? And what the heck does a first base coach even do for a major league team? Does he just stand next to first base and collect all the batter's armor? Or does he actually do something for a big league team? There are many unsung heroes on a baseball team. For me, one of them is the first base coach. When I played, I had Jerry White. Why was Jerry White so special for me? Because Jerry White was my biggest fan. When I'd either get a hit or get a walk, I'd get to first base and J-Dub would have that big old smile ready to give me a high five and welcome me to first base. Off the field, he helped me through some tough times by always encouraging me. The Twins players now have Tommy Watkins as their first base coach. Tommy is one of the good guys in baseball. He's a guy who always has a smile on his face and roots for his teammates. Tommy had to grind it out playing 10 years in the minors before getting his first big league call up and nothing ever came easy for him. This is his story. Tell me about Fort Myers, growing up in Fort Myers. I was born and raised Fort Myers. Um, it's grown a lot the last 20 years. Um, we grew up with you know the Twins and the Red Sox there, but to be honest, I didn't know much about um, pro baseball. You know, you know about the big league teams and they come down to spring training, but I had no idea about minor league baseball. So when I got drafted, I thought I was going to Minnesota. Little did I know, I was going right down the street in Fort Myers to play in the Gulf Coast League. How did you get into baseball as a kid? Well, I loved baseball. Growing up, my dad used to play, so um, I used to go and watch him play softball and I think that's when I fell in love with it when I was four you know my parents talked about when I got my first cup your um, first cup yeah at there and, okay. I, and I was at his jock strap cup yeah jock strap okay cup. and I'm at his um softball game and I'm running up to everybody showing them my cup and hitting it on it <laughs> but um I think with him playing um you know my my family is very athletic and I think my dad was the only one to play baseball and I kind of just followed in his footsteps did you play any other sports? I played football and basketball. Um, I played football growing up, same thing when I was five, six years old, all the way through high school. And I played basketball my freshman and sophomore year of high school. And then I tried to just concentrate on baseball. So um, my junior, junior, senior year, I played football and baseball and took that, you know, that break between football to get ready for baseball. So before high school, did you play? You played everything before high school too. You played youth sports and played all that. Football stuff? and baseball before high school, and then I just picked up basketball my freshman year. So what part of what part of Fort Myers did you live in? I I grew up in East Fort Myers, um, so it's um, not everybody thinks North Fort Myers, but it's out going towards LaBelle, um, and it's close to downtown. It's kind of a tough area. A little bit, a little bit. It's um, you know. It, it has its different parts. I know um, 
Ortiz was a tough street growing up. Um, Martin Luther King, real close to there. But um, our neighborhood wasn't that bad, though. All right, so you're playing all these sports through, through high school, and then you and then you get drafted, and you said earlier that you get drafted, you didn't even know, you didn't know that much about baseball. So you didn't know that there were scouts coming around looking at you, you didn't really know, you didn't? Well, I knew there were scouts coming around my senior year in high school, but um, like I said, when I got drafted, I thought I was going to Minnesota. You know, um, you just, I didn't know much about minor league baseball. I didn't know we had two minor league teams playing in Fort Myers that were part of the Twins organization. I didn't know that. Actually, I got drafted and I went out to the stadium and saw some people playing. I was like, who are these guys? The Twins were playing the Royals or something. I was like, I have no idea who these guys are playing. And I ended up going there like a week later. So walk me through the um, getting drafted. You get the phone. You got a phone call. Got a phone call. Um, we graduated January, um, June first, and we have a thing called Project Graduation where we stay at the school that night. And um, after that, um, some of my friends and I went to the beach and hung out for a day. Um, we got a room and stayed. Then that very next day was the, I think, the third day of the draft. And uh, one of my good friends was dropping me off at home. And as I'm putting the key in the door, the phone was ringing. So I run in, and it was my scout, Brad Weitzel. And I answered the phone. He said, hey, can I speak to Tommy? I said, this is him. He says, Brad Weitzel with the twins. Um, I just want to let you know we drafted you. And I was like, oh, cool. I say, well, uh, what round? He was like 38th, and I still didn't really know what that meant. Um, he said, well, I'll be, I'll be to your house in about a week to talk to you. And he hung up the phone like nothing. I called my parents and said, hey, I just got drafted. They said, oh, yeah, cool, that's cool. Uh, what round? I say 38th, but I had no idea. So um, I just go on. I, I, I was working at Publix right by the stadium. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And I remember one day I'm bagging in the front, and the telephone rang, and for some reason I said, that might be for me. And the lady at the front said, Tommy, you got a phone call. And I'm like, seriously? So it was Brad saying, hey, I'm on my way to your house. Can you meet me at home? I say, for sure. So right then I just I think I just walked right out the store. I don't <laughs> think I clocked out of anything. So I went home and met him. And uh, I think he was trying to get me to go to, like, a junior college. Back then they had to draft uh -huh, and follow. Uh -huh. And – I told him, I don't, you're not leaving the house until I sign. So um, that was it. I ended up signing that day. So how much you get to sign? I signed for 8000 bucks. Did you get any, did they do school? school and I got two two years of school paid for, which I did end up getting my associate's degree. So um, after my last year playing, I decided to coach. Um, they called me and said, hey, you have this money. You have to use it within two years or you or you lose it. So I was like, all right. I got on the phone and started making some phone calls, and I got my associate's degree. Wow. Well, that's cool. Congrats. So thank you. I want to get my four-year and maybe do some more, but, you know, um, I did that during the season, and it was it was tough, you know, trying to, you know, do all your work and then do school work on top of it. You get drafted. You sign. Where was the first place you went to? Um, Fort Myers, right down the road. So you went to rookie ball? To the ball. complex. You yeah, went to rookie to ball? Rookie ball. Mm -hmm. And I end up playing two years in the Gulf Coast year, Gulf Coast League. So you get a rookie ball. You play your what? Would, what did you? What was your first experience like oh, playing man. rookie rookie oh, ball? Oh, it was tough. Um, I was over thirty <laughs> to start the season. Kind of like Chris Davis. Uh, yeah, and and I was I was joking with um, a couple of teammates saying, "Is there a rule that if I don't get a hit in pro ball, I can go back to college?" And they all laughed. 
funny enough, I get my first hit on my 31st at bat, and the whole team, they went crazy. They threw the ball out. I think I ended up going 14 for 33 to end the year. So uh, kind of saved my season a little bit. But it was tough to start, man. The, the game was a lot faster. Um, everybody was a lot stronger than I was. But Your first spring training. What was it like walk, walking into your first spring training? So um, the next year, um, you know, I go to my first spring training. And um, I'm there early because I'm in Fort Myers. So, you know, we got to – a lot of the Latin guys flow down like a day earlier, so so I'm I'm with them in the cage, and I can remember tons of people. Um, one of the coaches started talking to me in Spanish, and I kind of look at him like, and he said something else, and I was like, I don't I don't speak Spanish. He said, Oh, okay. Then he started talking to me in English, but he thought I was a Latin player. But um, it was an eye opener to see 180 guys um, in the clubhouse together. Um, you know, you you don't know much about minor league baseball, and then you see it's like six, seven other different teams. But um, it was a lot of fun, though. You know, um, a great experience. So t- tell me about Tommy Bobblebutt. Yeah, um, somewhat embarrassing, but I th- um I got a good laugh out of it. Still do. When I'm um last year, I was managing, and somebody would always bring it up. One of the people in the stands, but. I um when I played for the Miracle, my hometown, um, one of the officers, um, Kerry Griner, Kerry Griner, yeah, yeah. Yep, I don't care. He came up with it. He um, kind of brought it up to um, to um, Andrew Seymour, uh-huh. and they they come to me and ask me, and I was like, sure, I'll do it. But um, it, you know, it was just something kind of funny, and um, turned out to be. It was pretty cool. It was a line of people waiting for it. Um, a bunch of my friends were there. It was pretty, it was pretty funny. They, well, it's interesting how it took. You know, if you look at your name on a, on Wikipedia, mm-hmm. you know that thing took on a little bit of a life a life on a, of its own. Yeah, it mm. did. Um, I remember um, Craig Council. I think he collect bobbleheads, and they say that he called and tried to get one. They sent him one. Oh, they so did. So that was pretty neat. Yeah. So he played ten years in the minor leagues and you get your first call up what was that phone call like yeah i was in um in rochester we were in syracuse playing and i remember a couple of days before that i was in a a little slump and i called my my best friend and my dad same day and i'm crying like oh, i'm just in a slump i don't think i'm ever gonna get a shot and they said just keep having fun and playing so i told myself i'm just gonna you know, I'm not going to give any bats away, and I'm going to just continue to have fun. Um, first game of the series in Syracuse, I remember I hit a homer my first at bat, lined out the next at bat, and um, leaving the park, I was like one of the last people to leave. Terry Ryan was in town, and you know Terry, straight face. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm leaving. See you later, Terry. And straight face. See you tomorrow, Tom. Call me Tom. But I'm um, coming the next day. We're in the cage early, and it was three of us left. And I remember Tony Leo, the trainer, came to the cage and asked us to. Um, we had a meeting in the clubhouse, and I started thinking we just had a meeting like a couple of days ago. What can this one be about? So they started talking. They were talking about um, Barry Bonds breaking the um, the home run record. That was like the day before, and how time flies, and. Um, Stan Clyburn, our manager, said that um, Terry had something to say to the team. 
And he started, you know, talking about how, you know, the organization likes to promote from within. And he said, one of you guys are going to the big leagues. It felt like about an hour before he said that until he said who it was. But my heart dropped, and he told me I was going to Minnesota. And the whole clubhouse was, you know, clapping and yelling and screaming for me. And I just I started crying and bawling. I mean, I was I was terrified. You know, all you know is the minor leagues, and they told me I was going to Minnesota. I didn't know what to expect. But um, we had a rain delay that night. Didn't get home till two, three in the morning. I had to pack my bags. I had a, like a six o'clock flight the next morning. Uh, met the team in Kansas City. Um, that was their last day, so we flew out to um, L.A. after the game. So went out to eat with Tori and uh, Rondell White, a couple guys. I didn't sleep for three days to start. It was it was pretty funny. So when you're in the big league, you didn't sleep for three days. Um, starting the night that I got told, the next day, and then the very next day, it was like it was like ended up being like almost three days straight that I was like up. As far as I fell asleep on the plane, but um, as far as getting a, like a good night's sleep, it was about three days. So you walk into your first big league park. Man, it was it was. I got out of the cab in Kansas City, and it was a bunch of Twins fans there. I got there a little later because it was a day game, and I, I remember people saying congratulations, congratulate, congratulate me like left and right walking in. But uh, I go in the clubhouse, and all the guys welcome me with open arms too. As soon as I walked in, they all come over and gave me a hug, congratulated me. Guardy did the same, and uh, you know I go and hit in the cage a little bit. Now I'm just sitting in, in front of my locker. And I remember Tory Hunter running by, and he said, "Hey, um, the game starts in ten minutes. You better get out there. I hope you're not playing." I was like, "I hope I'm not either." <laughs> but um, I go out, and I remember I think Nick Punto asked me to throw. I didn't stretch. I didn't do anything. I've been on the plane all day. He asked me to throw, and my arm never felt better. You know, it was like I couldn't even feel it. But it was pretty neat. They announced. I was telling Rocco a couple of people this when we were in Kansas City just now that um, they announced the lineup and for the home team, and they shot up fireworks. And I was, like, looking around like, wow, this is crazy. Like, it's just a regular day game, and they got fireworks everywhere. Um, it was pretty cool, though. It was pretty neat. So your career ended. You, you pulled your, your your oblique? A lower abdominal, okay. they called it. Yeah, it felt like a hernia. It felt like a um, growing. It felt like all kinds of things. Did you feel it yourself? Did it, did it feel like it popped or? It did. I um, you know, it was something that it hurt when I ran, but I was kind of battling through it, and then I tried to score from first base, and I felt some kind of pop. So I came out, and um, I ended up going back to Florida a week later, just trying to rehab. And you know, I ended up talking to the doctor, and he said it takes like four months of just doing nothing. So uh, finally. I got healthy enough to, you know, compete in spring training, but I was out of shape. Um, gained some weight because I, I really couldn't do anything. And like when I felt like I was getting back to 100%, it, it kind of set me back more. You know what I mean? Feel like I couldn't walk for a couple of days. But um, I kind of, you know, like I said, I came in the spring training a little heavier. That didn't help my cause. I went back to AAA, you know, trying to get back in shape. I didn't play much. Um, ended up. I hurt my shoulder in July. Ended up having surgery the rest of that year I missed and came back the very next year 
and I didn't play much, and that's when I decided to coach. You just decided packing it, packing it, decided coach. What was that transition transition like? Well, you know, like I said, I didn't I didn't play as much as I did in the past, and and I always felt like I wanted to be in the game. When I finished playing, it was a, it was a matter of fact of um, kind of realizing when it when the end was, and that year, um, you know, just some things happened, and I decided that I was. I think I wanted to go to the other side. What do you mean? Some things happening? Just I, like I didn't play. I was. It was frustrating. It was. It was tough, man. It was going to the park. There was days where I sat for three weeks without touching the field. You know, and that's a that's tough to deal tough with. You know, competitor. And, and you, there was times where I didn't. When I walked in the clubhouse, I didn't even look at the lineup because I knew I wasn't playing. You know, so. Um, there was days where I would cry when I get to the park. You know what I mean? It was mm -hmm. tough, man. It was tough on me, and I felt like, you know, I can do something else, still be in baseball and be happy about it. You know, now, when I started coaching, I loved going to the park um, and working with guys. Didn't have to worry about going over for 4 anymore. But um, it was, I don't know, it was, it helped me transition into going into coaching. What did you, what did you take from playing that you tried to implement into your coaching? style you know I always try to have fun when I play and I think guys are their best when they're having fun doing it um you know it bothers me when you see guys um like moping around or you know just being too hard on themselves um this is a game of failure I think um when people understand that and you're gonna get out you're gonna get out a lot but you just gotta. I don't know. I think when you have fun doing it, I think, not not saying it makes it easier, but I think it helps you deal with the with the game. You know, with the failure of it. Your first call to the big leagues when you got called back up and you got you you got the job as a as a big league coach. What was that like? Um, that was that was an amazing phone call too. Um, it was funny. Um, I think they were still getting the um, big league staff together. Um. The day before, you know, I uh, talked to Jeremy Zola, minor league um, farm director, and he told me that, you know, as of right now, they had me slated to go back to double-A to manage. And, um, you know, I was happy with that. I, I love managing, and, you know, I, I enjoy having a job. So whatever they want me to do, I think I'd be willing to do it. But the next day, um, about 24 hours later, because Jeremy called – as I was getting done with the Arizona Fall League game. So the very next day, um, I had another call. I missed a call, and it was from a number I didn't know. So I called back, and it was Rocco that um, answered. And I thought he was just calling to to, um, to introduce himself. I was going to manage in double-A. So I was like, hey, congratulations. And he said, thank you. And we you know, just started talking, and that's when I found out about the job so uh, he asked was I interested and I was like are you serious I, I didn't really believe him and then he said I'll take that as a yes so um, it was a pretty cool conversation I, I told I talked to all the um, our coaching staff did you interview for her? no how, how did they pick you I don't know I just think it's something I was I've been in the organization I know a lot of the guys that come up um, I just think they're looking for somebody um, that, that's been in the organization that's 
probably built relationships with a lot of the guys on the team. I'll tell you why they picked Tommy Watkins. They picked Tommy because of his character and his uplifting spirit. You just heard Tommy touching some stories in which he had some difficult situations, but you would never have known if you were his teammate. Parents of young baseball players and athletes, actually parents of any athlete, if you're listening to this, I don't know if you picked up on this, but Tommy was over 30 and he was smiling and joking. His first time in Major League Baseball, or sorry, his first time playing professional sports, he was 0 for 30, and he was laughing and joking about that with his teammates. There was a bobblehead about his butt, and he said that he was embarrassed about that. But he joked about it, and he was still okay to talk about it. It is okay not to be perfect. And it is okay to laugh at your failures, and it is okay to laugh at yourself. We can't take ourselves too serious. I have played with the best of the best in the world, and we laughed at ourselves constantly, and we laughed through failures. If you take yourself too serious, you're limiting your upside. Hey, thanks for listening to the show today. If you like this show or any other of our shows, make sure to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. If you want to read stories written by our guests, you can do that on www.linkly.com. Don't forget to sign up for our weekly newsletter so you don't miss any of these stories. Make sure to check out our social pages. We have them all. Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. If you have any suggestions for our show, please write us on Facebook. I'm Corey Kosky, and you've been listening to How I Got Here from Linkly. Special thanks to Wade Beavers and our friends at the restaurant Agriculture.